0: on the movies with Rebecca and Jason.
1: are you gonna love them or hate them? Here, Here comes, comes the binge. binge Hey everybody, welcome back to the <laughs> binge in which a couple of homos <laughs> allegedly try to review movie theater releases Haven't been doing it so much, but we're back to try again. I am still Jason Leroy
2: and I'm Rebecca Larte, and we have three movies for you this week. Captain Marvel, Gloria Bell, and The Gospel of Eureka. And as always, we're going to rate these movies on a three-tiered scale, with Binge It being our highest rating. Consuming moderation means it's okay, but it's kind of meh. And sending it back means...
1: Life's too short for that mess.
2: Jason. <laughs> Let's... what? So the gap was because we had a huge falling out.
1: Yeah. yeah um, pretty massive.
2: Irreconcilable, I think we both thought.
1: Yes. Um. Until The Mediator came along.
2: Right. Which you still owe me for half of the bill on that.
1: You know what they said about breaking up finances. Right in front of everybody. Yeah. So let's just drop that right. Okay. You're right. Um Jason,
2: when when I know that you haven't paid for half of the mediator bill, it makes me feel abused.
1: When you accuse me of abuse, (laughs) Over financial matters, it makes me feel crazy.
2: I feel like if we didn't have this wild chemistry, this mm. would never work out.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> will there? Won't they?
1: Oh, uh, we'll never tell. We never will.
2: Mm-mm, we didn't.
1: They will never tell, and we never will uh, do it. Either, either. yeah. So mm-hmm. either, either way, you're getting a never from us. But uh, but we're we're back in the saddle now, and uh, boy, oh boy, it's been a while. It's been um over it's been two months since we last sat here and Mm -hmm. taped a show um and (laughs) man it feels like a different world than it was just two months ago uh all um joking aside uh there were a variety of reasons why we Mm -hmm. why we went on a sort of an unplanned hiatus um in in the interim um i have done such things as and go on a drag cruise of the Caribbean, mm-hmm. uh, on which I made my uh, lip sync performance debut uh, along with Scott. Uh, we dressed up in our glow costumes and um, debuted our drag persona mine being Jennifer Jason Leroy, his <laughs> being Tilda Swishin. And we did a lip sync to The Boy Is Mine. Uh, and uh, then, yeah, so we did that for a week. That was fun. Uh then we came went to Santa Fe for a week. I made friends with Nico Case, no big deal. Uh <laughs> then I came back it here really has and, be, like, This is so weird when you when we It's been a while. That. <laughs> I didn't even get into the Laura Albert thing. We'll save that for another time. <laughs> and uh and then I went right into preparation to make my uh another stage debut. Um performing the role of Damien in Peaches Christ's Mean Gaze.
2: Unbelievable. What an unbelievable performance, Jason.
1: It's one of the most great fun amazing things I've ever done um, uh, let
2: me just say that if you don't ever get back on stage I will be very sad
1: well thank you but I also feel like this could be my miseducation of Lauren Hill no don't where don't. you know just like just it's a perfect thing just let it be a perfect thing and I'll just keep going around performing it over and over and over <laughs> again showing up
2: late getting cut off
1: <laughs> exactly exactly she and I have that in common um, so that I still can't even believe happened uh, and so, yeah, really, it's been, a, it's been a pretty jam-packed 2019 so far. Mm-hmm. Um, as we sit here, I'm just a few days removed from our LA closing night performance of Mean Gaze, um, at which the actual Damien himself, Daniel Francesi, came to the show. Unbelievable. Um, in which I, so I had to shake the awareness that the actor who literally created the part was watching me do my interpretation of the part. And then he took a photo with me afterward, and I was by no means a cool or calm person about it
0: <laughs> um
1: i was I was deranged uh but he was nice in the face of my derangement so um so i've i I've, I've I've discovered a lot of new talents in the last few months um but one old talent of mine that has depreciated considerably is. Watching movies. Mm.
2: Oh, you haven't been watching them kind no. of on your own either?
1: No. Interesting. I have seen exactly three movies in theaters this year so far. Wow. And those are The Lego Movie 2, Captain Marvel, and 311, Enlarged for Detail 3.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so
2: Jason and I saw our first movie of the year together, <laughs> was which like... was this 311 documentary we saw on... 311 Day, March 11th.
1: Guys, literally, it's the first movie we watched together in the theater this year.
2: <laughs> I mean, what I mean, What a better movie. Who uh, could have planned a better movie?
1: It was, I want to hear what you thought about it. It was in pick of the week. <laughs> Straight <laughs> but up. It could only
2: ever be of this week. Yeah, exactly. The week of exactly. March 11th.
1: Pick, of, pick of 311 Week every year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was for the fans. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, uh,
1: mm-hmm. It was. I don't know if they make these movies available anywhere else. We went with our. Uh, we went with a friend who I guess probably wouldn't want us to identify them as being a Die Hard 311 fan, so we won't say who. They're they're fairly private about it.
2: Oh, is that the case now?
1: Yes, they don't like to wear their three eleven attire. Oh uh, wow! Okay. They told me they only have one three eleven shirt, just so, so it's more easily hid that way.
2: Wow! Uh, I wonder why. Well, oh well.
1: So they're 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 getting up, they're grown up,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, and so they were telling me that this is like the first this is the third one of these movies, but it's the first one in like fifteen years. And the last time they were making them, they were all still like young and unmarried and sowing their wild oats and drunk, and now they're all like. Buddhists who are 45 and have like three adorable Moppet children
2: mm, they all have uh they all grow fruit in their they, expansive yes. LA area backyards every one of them walked you through their literally uh, orchards I'm, like, I'm like do
1: they all share a house because it looks like the <laughs> it's same
2: three different parts it looked, of the yeah same house. it's
1: like yeah different orchards on every side of the same house <laughs>
0: uh
1: it was like it was like the most like boring episode of Cribs <laughs> I've ever seen um but uh but yeah it was just a really loose unstructured compilation of footage of mm, like the mm-hmm. band goofing around and then like going on their 311 cruise mm-hmm. which is a giant destination cruise every year and um and most importantly it was a tribute to the enduring hotness of Nick Hexum
0: <laughs>
1: goddamn i, I mean, mean he really is a smoke show
2: he just keeps getting better
1: it's startling uh, I know. And, and, you know, 90s, me wouldn't have believed that he could have ever improved on mm-hmm. like the platinum blonde Caesar.
2: Oh, that's your thing.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, so if you have told me that like, you know, 25 years later, he would have like medium length dark hair, I would have spit in your face.
0: <laughs> and As it have, you
1: did
2: at the time. It would
1: have been warranted. Uh, so uh, what did you think of it?
2: Um, definitely for the fans. Um, I thought it was, I thought it was nice. I think that like. The one thing that is enduring I was trying to explain 311 And um, Because There's an age uh, Gap uh, Where people don't Even though they still keep making music
0: Mm. People
2: don't know about them as much Um, And I was trying to say that Like in spite of things like There are a bunch of white guys That sing reggae Heavily reggae influenced music I feel like there's a There's an authenticity to themselves Right um, and there's like spirit and general positivity That yeah. like as cheesy as that sounds I feel like it, it's why it still works Why they're still together Why they're still like relatively healthy um, yeah. And why the the movie was charming Like yeah. they clearly love their fans And their fans love them mm-hmm.
1: Um I mean, we have a middle-aged man Who happily answers to the name Peanut
2: <laughs> <laughs> Unlike you who hates when I call you that.
1: Uh, yeah. That's when that's that's one more thing that makes me spit in your face. <laughs> Another thing that led to our um our lengthy breakup our lengthy that we're just breakup. recovering from. Mm-hmm. Uh you always call me poo Nut though. You well. know that's always pushes it over the edge. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was cute. It won me over. Um, Yeah, their 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 joie de vivre won Mm -hmm. me over. They seem like nice guys. They really do. They really just want their fans to have fun. Like they were talking about the songwriting process at one point, and the one guy was literally like, "Well, I start off thinking about the crowd reaction." (laughs) I'm like, that's literally the the that's. That's that's like the backwards art <laughs> though, right? Isn't art supposed to be like you just make the art that resonates with you, and then like the audience takes it with and with the, how they will? He's like, I literally start with picturing the reaction I want the crowd to have, <laughs> and so if I want the crowd to get pumped up, it's gonna it's gonna be like a boom, 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 boom. If you want them to dance, it's gonna be like. <laughs> and it's like what are we what i mean wow i mean i appreciate that you're being so open about that mm-hmm. they're just they're just a good time he's they're an amazing they, drummer they want to make feel good anthems mm-hmm. for uh, for their crowd and the crowd loves them for it
2: and talk about like having figured it out where like they like to play live so they do that all the
1: time all the time
2: um and, but it like they just like have kind of chill lives like being really good musicians and like they're like friends they hang out with their friends and play music it's mm-hmm. like so chill
1: it's remarkable how chill it is Mm -hmm. uh and it really opened both of our eyes
2: Mm -hmm. uh to
1: the the world 311 uh still have
2: trouble with that crowd though
1: no the crowd is is yeah um and we also noticed that um for all the footage (laughs) of the audience and all the many many concerts and special fan shows and tours and cruises um they would only show like the first few minutes <laughs> of any given crowd before it descended into like belligerent blackout drunkenness. Right, exactly. Because they never want their fans to look bad in the movie. Um, and you look at these people and you're like, oh, you're going to be blacked out in like 30 minutes. Oh,
2: absolutely. Um, absolutely. so it catches
1: them at that golden crest of drunkenness mm-hmm. where you're at just your, at the peak of your powers, where you're just like you're feeling loose, you're feeling good, you're feeling fun, you're feeling free. Um, and it's before the precipitous downturn. Mm-hmm. So they can't basically, every person who talks to them either seems A, completely sober, or mm. B, at that exact perfect peak. Mm-hmm. Right so. before it
2: turns into an ICP festival.
1: Precisely, mm-hmm. precisely. Before it gets all juggalo up in there.
2: Carnival of clowns, would they? Yeah, that's Carnival right. Carnival of heirs? I think. Oh.
1: Yeah. Hmm. so uh so Great that Lanka. happened we watched a 311 documentary and we just gave you our review of that yeah
2: so that's uh, four movies that's this a, week that's a, yeah
1: yeah if uh, you're a fan
2: i would say binge it you, if yeah. you're not i would say um consume in moderation
1: i will say if i didn't have nick hexam's face to look forward to seeing i would have been a much gloomier camper than i was
2: they did this annoying thing where they used this camera that kept refocusing every shot because mm-hmm. it it refocused on what was closest, and it was making me like dizzy and and upset. It was giving me a headache. I'm gonna say it. It so was that... it was very distracting towards the end.
1: Yeah, well, so that's her grandma review of that. It's like give
2: me a headache. You didn't you didn't find that distracting? I
1: was just like, oh, that's just like, no, I, I was just like, oh yeah, this just feels like a '90s music documentary where there's lots of like focusing camera. That just feels yeah. like a documentary aesthetical choice. I guess. Uh, let's see Something else that happened In between the last time We talked and now Is the Oscars happened Oh right We never talked about that No
2: because- How was that <laughs> <laughs> How'd that go
1: Rebecca did come over To watch the Oscars And she did tag out For a portion of it
0: mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. Oh right I was here <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did you actually forget Yeah I forgot I was like What did I do Did I DVR it Or whatever
1: Record it what and You it look at it? me With these blank eyes and you're like Oh how was that <laughs> I'm like, you were here. You were in this very room. I forgot.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let me get... I think this will lead this will dovetail to where we are right now. My recap of the past three yes. months has been um I had food poisoning and then the flu <laughs> it went within a two week span and then two days later after like kinda of like break of not having a fever anymore, I came and had celebratory mimosas with Jason and got <laughs> hammered at brunch. <laughs> Um, And then by the time the Oscars were on, I passed out on the couch.
1: Well, the thing between brunch and the Oscars was karaoke karaoke. at the Mint. Yeah. And then the hammering grew more Mm hammery. That's all
2: that happened to me in the past
1: (laughs) three months. And the funny thing was, like, I honestly had no idea that you were, like, hammered, hammered. I like we were all like, worried because Rebecca literally just like walked from our living room into the study, which is where we tape the show and closed the door. And then like a bunch of time passed. <laughs> and my friend Alicia, who was visiting at the time, was just like, is, is she OK, do you think? And I'm just like, oh, yeah, is it work? Because you also disappeared for a long time during brunch. And oh, that was for work. So that was work. So we're like, oh, maybe it's just more work. Um, but I guess you were just in here just snoozing, <laughs> just, take, <laughs> just, just, just taking a snooze, just snoozing, <laughs> just a little schvitz. That's all. Yeah. No yeah. big deal. And then eventually you emerged, uh, as if from a tomb <laughs> and we're just like, gotta go. <laughs> the awards were not over yet. Um, no and then, idea. So, so then it was just like, it was just Alicia and, and even Eric was gone. So it was just me, Alicia and Scott by the oh, time. Eric was here. Eric was here too. And then Green Book won and it was just Scott and Alicia I had to witness me watch that happen.
2: How did you react?
1: I screamed mm-hmm. genuinely. Um I think I screamed the word fuck for about five seconds. Um and then yeah, and I then I got it. an immediate headache. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just put a pillow over my head. Uh so that's how that registered with me. Do you remember it winning or did you wake up the next morning and hear the news then?
2: Uh I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't eaten in like a week and a half. Jesus. I was I, I remember like I got ready that morning I was like, Oh my pants are very loose because I, I had been I had been not eating. I right. you know, it was it was Food poisoning okay. and then the flu I was So you just... were
1: sashing through the casser feeling like a skinny bitch Yeah and then part I of it. was
2: I was I was feeling it. Like, yes. and then I was feeling those mimosas. Mm-hmm.
1: And then the in the drag brunch that we were drinking them at. hmm It was the morning after my debut in Mean Gaze. We and so we good. we were all feeling the afterglow. So all... I
2: was so sick I didn't even eat popcorn at Mean Gaze. And you know how much I love popcorn. Wow. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. There were a lot of people who were I mean, the fucking flu was really going around. It really was. Yeah. Oof uh so yeah the oscars happened and i guess the less said about them the better mm-hmm. uh, aside from the fact that Regina king won yeah. which is hallelujah as it should be like the one super bright note of the night um and you know the winds from uh, the historic windsor black panther
0: mm.
1: all great <laughs> they, <laughs> you're like oh yeah, yeah tell me more about that uh <laughs> they won art direction mm. and i believe um Another technical award where it was like the first time a, That a black woman had won either of, that, oh, nice, of those yeah. categories Um the, is it I like mean, costume
2: design or something?
1: Maybe oh yeah Yeah because it was two categories that I thought was going to go to the favorite And that like all, that were favored to go to the favorite Because they usually go with like wherever the pretty period movie is mm-hmm. um, Yeah so I think it's yeah costume design And in Olivia Colman won? In, in the sh- gag of the year My god I still can't believe that happened and now everyone's everyone's so fucking shady about the wife. All of a sudden, everyone's like, "Yeah, well, it was always bad." Oh, we're like, like, "Well, yeah, no one ever wanted to watch that." It seems like the conventional wisdom is that basically the the, the viewers, the voters, just didn't watch it. <laughs> um, and the and they obviously watched the favorite because it got nominated for ten awards. Yeah, and Glenn Close was the it. only nominee for the wife, and people just didn't watch it. Wow, like that, that's a real thing people talk about every year. They're like, "Well, the voters aren't going to want to watch this." Um, so wow. there Because they have all the, the pile You've seen it in here Like the pile of DVDs It just like well, Gets higher and higher And you're like I don't want to fucking watch this Or I don't want to watch that You watch what you want to So
2: that's why they make those For your consideration billboards To, to like remind you, to you Right
1: To be like Oh right I do have that I should watch it <laughs> Um But yeah Poor Glenn Wow I
2: feel like you shouldn't be able to vote Unless you've watched them all I at know At the very least I mean that coming from someone Who does a movie <laughs> podcast and I've only seen one of the movies this week <laughs> But I'm not gonna vote on the ones I didn't see. So
1: you did watch one of them?
2: Yeah. Guess which one?
1: <laughs> gospel of Eureka. Captain Marvel. Yo!
2: I'm back on my popcorn.
1: Oh my god. Well, I'm actually glad you watched that because of the cat factor. But we'll get to that. Right. <laughs> Me too. Oh my god. Yeah. Don't say
2: I wasn't nervous. I was so, nervous.
1: So yeah. So that was. So the Oscars were whatever. Um, it's, it was a horrible award season. I hate almost every frontrunner movie, and I couldn't be happier that it's over. Yeah, um, let's just move on. Yeah. Um, any other notes from the last two months of your life? Those were the no. That was it. <laughs>
2: uh, work has been a constant crisis, and mm-hmm. so was my health. So yeah, yeah.
1: 2019. That's
2: it. 2019. Yeah.
1: So far, so good. So
2: far, so great. Um, it's spring now, and shall we start with our movies? <laughs> let's do <laughs> it. Um, okay. So this week we're going to start off with Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel is an extraterrestrial Kree warrior who finds herself caught in the middle of an intergalactic battle between her people and the Skrulls. Dropping in on Earth in 1995, she keeps having recurring memories of another life as a U.S. Air Force pilot Carol Danvers. With help from Nick Fury, Captain Marvel tries to uncover the secrets of her past while harnessing her special superpowers to end the war with the evil Skrulls. So we both saw this on our own Free will at the Movie Theater
1: yeah yeah we 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 gave it money
2: we both um are uh we both have partners that are big movie fans of comic book movies
1: mm, mm mhm
2: mine yeah. mine less so but yeah Scott's a big comic book fan
1: he is yes this was one where um initially he was going to go with me to the press screening of it. Mm. Um, which I had to skip for work reasons. Um, and he, he had been threatening me for months, like whenever a teaser would come on for this movie, he would just look at me, wait for me to look back and then say, I'm going to that screening with you. Rebecca can see it later. (laughs) (laughs) Wow! Yes, so just so wow. you know where you stand, mm-hmm. uh, he was uh, he was pulling spouse rank um, wow. on Captain Marvel, and then hilariously we wound up not even seeing it in a screening um, after <laughs> months of his threats. Uh, so your all,
2: boss got my email?
1: All, <laughs> all <laughs> they were empty, um, but it made it more special because we wound up seeing it opening night at the ArcLight in LA
2: oh, um, nice. under the dome,
1: and the directors were there, Bowden and Fleck.
2: Oh my gosh! Yeah. Well, tell me all about that. Well, first of all, I want to know, was Scott excited or was he nervous or?
1: Yeah, I think he was excited. Yeah, he was very excited to see it. Um, yeah, I mean, because I, you know, when uh, Infinity War, that there's, you know, the tag at the end of Infinity Wars credits mm. um, where the little device is activated. Um, I did not know what that was. And I was didn't know why people around me in the theater when we first saw that together were like going, whoa. Um, and I was kind of looking at Scott. I'm like, what the fuck was that? Which is frequently why I have to say to him after these things.
2: Had they started the like, advertisements for Captain Marvel before that? Or no, would you advertisements. have to be like a super fan to know that
1: there were no advertisements. But there was already like the casting notices. Like they knew mm-hmm. Brie Larson was playing her. I don't know if the directors probably had already been chosen by that point. Um, one male, one female, just to be safe. <laughs> And, uh, and so, but yeah, so I, I didn't, I didn't, I wouldn't have recognized just that device. Mm-hmm. And then Scott was like, oh, that's Captain Marvel. So, um, yeah. So from that point forward, I, I, I've been looking forward to it. Uh, Scott's been looking forward to it on a much higher level than me and um and yeah it was like super fun just to like see it at the arc light and then yeah like the dude introduced bowden and fleck and they came out and just said a very like general like hi how are you thanks for coming to the movie <laughs> and then off they went there was no like Q and A or anything oh, okay um so but yeah so it felt cool to be part of it in the while it was happening down there I remember seeing the
2: trailer and um, being a little nervous because they show that montage of her, like, getting back up. Mm. And I was like, oh, this is going to be like, if this was a Nike commercial, I would cry. This is a movie and I'm nervous. <laughs>
0: um,
2: but I, I also got to see it in a way that I really enjoy, which was, like, Saturday morning at 11 o'clock in, mm. like, the my version of... Outside pajamas, which Great. is sweatpants and like a hoodie.
1: You do love that. I do
2: love that. Uh, did enjoying you get having morning popcorn. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. It was nice. I love a morning movie. On a you Saturday. really do. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: that's like, yeah, you and Soul just ambling down the street.
2: Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. what theater did you see it at? Uh, I f- I don't know what it's called, but it's uh, it's in Emeryville. Okay. It's re- it's down the street from my house. Cool. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, we were we were pumped for it. Um, and, uh, and of course we were excited to support it while all the idiot troll boys were out uh. there trying to sabotage on Rotten Tomatoes. Props to Rotten Tomatoes for changing their policy. Yeah. Um, you, you, you know a thing or two about, uh, about policy. Um, <laughs> and about
2: abuse. <laughs> and about abuse.
1: Uh, so, uh, so yeah, it was great that Rotten Tomatoes changed that.
2: I think it makes sense. I mean, I think that if their yeah, platform like, is based on a rating write- system that
1: is Based on useful. view. Right. Then why would you let people review it before it's out? Right. It right. just doesn't make sense. It
2: ruins the integrity of their core product.
1: Right. It's like yeah, let them wait until it comes out for them to try to bury it. Right. Um. But they didn't. They did. They didn't ghostbuster this one because <laughs> it's doing very well.
2: Thank God.
1: So, but uh, but what do you think of the movie itself? You're not much of a Marvel person, and I feel like you've haven't seen. Many. Did you ever end up seeing in, uh, Infinity War?
2: Yes. So here's where I am, and uh, here's my here's where I live in the Marvel Universe. Okay. The MCU. Mm-hmm. Right?
1: Hey, look at mm-hmm. you! Insider jargon. <laughs>
2: the oh. man cave universe. <laughs> um, I had no interest in superhero movies uh, until I saw Thor Ragnarok.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I remember when that changed things for you.
2: It Changed everything. And Even- I feel like all the movies that I've seen since then. Are all a little different in tone, or mm. either I didn't know what they were like before and I made assumptions, right. but like they're funnier than I thought and like right. more complex and you know right and wrong isn't very clear and mm. they're a little less uh, heavy. Right. Um I think I got kind of scarred by the the uh, the Nolan Batmans and I was like I need none of sure. this in my life,
1: sure. Uh, but then I dark. went back. Things and are I, dark enough.
2: Mm-hmm, I went back and tried to watch the old Thors after I was so excited about the Thor <gasps> and I was like I ooh. That's not going to work either. So I just, I think I'm not, I'm not going to go back any further. I saw Dr. Strange, which I really liked because it was yeah. like kind of, I don't know, weird and clever. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm, Basically I'm on things, train now.
1: Things that came out after the first Avengers are the things that are like safe to watch.
2: After the first Avengers. Well, yeah. so I think I, I watched one this of- weekend. I saw the first Avengers this yeah, weekend. yeah,
1: Including Avengers 1, which was really the breakthrough in terms of the, the, <clears throat> the voice, the tone, the humor, uh, the playfulness. Um, you yes. know, there is it kicked off like Marvel two because Marvel one point was was marked by a much more sort of serious kind of vibe.
2: That's the one where they're on that floating battleship. Avengers, yeah.
1: Well, it's it's the first Yeah, I've yeah. seen it. I saw it this weekend. Right. <laughs> like, I think I know like, what it you're is. Like the answer is yes. Uh,
2: the answer is yes. Right.
1: It. So Avengers kind of broke the ground with that, and then Guardians of the Galaxy took it in a, in, in a right. much Those further are direction. Are so much fun. Right. So, uh, but, but but I will say though, however, Captain Marvel to me. Felt like more of a, of a Marvel 1.0 movie. To me, it felt a little bit more like those first Thor movies. That's literally what I said walking out of the theater. I was like, it felt a more like the first Thor movie to me.
2: I didn't see the first Thor movie. Oh, I thought you said you did try no, to watch it. No, I started to watch it. And oh, I was and like, this like, is not ooh. fun at all. Right, yeah. No. Um, it, it is a little bit more of that like heavy sense of responsibility. Mm. It's But it's still, I don't know, it's still more playful, I think, than... I was assuming these movies were like when, because when they hit that cat. fight on the plane and there's a cat, <laughs> right? Which just really, um, uh, changes the scales. Yeah. But, uh, you know, there's a fight on the bus with, with the older lady. Yeah. And there's a lot of, um, I don't know. It, I hate to say it. It just, it didn't have the same, even though it had, you know, a seriousness to it. And, and, and Brie Larson's character, Captain Marvel, I guess, um, Carol, <laughs> damn it, Carol. <laughs> Why are you so serious? She was more serious, but we've, it's we've, also we like, we love a Carol. Female serious energy is still not as, like, uh, oppressive as that, like, sure. male superhero sense of, like, oh, yeah. tortured, you know.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, and Brie Larson is fantastic Oh, in my this God, movie. she's amazing. She brings so much to it, so mm-hmm. much just emotional nuance, so much, yeah, humor, so much power. Uh, she's just incredible, mm-hmm. uh, you know, after spending all these years watching her, like, rise through the ranks as this... You know, sort of character actress, and and you know, going back to like United States of Tara. Yeah. Um, oh wow, yeah. I mean, she. I, I thought she was like 25 when she did that show. Uh, she brought so much like mature emotion to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, showing up in like 21 Jump Street, and and then um, uh, Short Term 12 is like really the breakthrough, and then won the Oscar for Room and now she's a Marvel superhero. I mean, I love her. Yeah. Um and and really, <laughs> she really earned the right to play Marvel superhero um with the faces that she made every time she had to give Casey Affleck an award uh, oh, right. that award season.
2: <laughs> for uh, Manny by the CO
1: For Manny by the CO mm-hmm, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh and I think that she, you know, I think she just has a lot of integrity uh mm. and I think she brings that integrity to the film.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We agree.
1: Uh, so she's great, Annette Bening. Oh
2: my God, I didn't know that was coming. Was that in any of the trailers? I don't know if she was. I, that was a total surprise. I knew she An was amazing, in it, surprise. but
1: I I still enjoyed it as if it were a surprise. Coming
2: out with that big Kree energy.
1: Oof, yeah. B K E.
2: That leather jacket.
1: Oh, I know. And that
2: silver fox. You know,
1: I hated to see her go, but I loved watching her leave.
2: Oh, mm. right. No, she did. She didn't watch her away. <laughs> That's what's and
1: then great. she, would, but then she would come back, <laughs> <laughs> and then she would leave again. Hey, yeah. Right. It went on for a while.
2: It went. Yeah. She didn't. She couldn't make up her mind. No.
1: Uh, so and the,
2: Samuel Jackson. Oh, Samuel Jackson. Uh, provided that levity that was more Marvel 2.0, as yes. you call it. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And their interaction, generally.
1: Yes. And, you know, yeah, we get a, uh, finally, we get an, an origin story for a certain key feature of Nick mm-hmm. Fury's. Mm-hmm. Um, there's LaShawna Lynch, uh, who plays mm-hmm. Carol's best friend, sort of the heart of the film.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and you know, there are, there's, there's like that nineties factor that you would think would have like just won me over. But I, and I, and I was super excited at first because they went a little, a little less expected with some of the nineties, especially the nineties music cues, because I think Mm. one of the first songs they play is, um, is Elastica connection. Yeah. Which I was like, okay. And then I believe when that was happening, there was like a PJ Harvey rid of me poster on the wall.
2: Your eagle eye.
1: Oh, I mean, what well, we saw on a huge fucking screen. <laughs> and so I was like here for this. Mm-hmm. But then the cues got progressively more obvious and moved mm-hmm. into like garbage. Yeah. Like, yeah. and then like having her kick a bunch of asses to just a girl. Oh, I,
2: yeah. I yeah. was like, all right. Well, mm-hmm.
1: you know, I'm like, you're you're dwindling, you're, you're pissing the cred away with every new <laughs> song choice. I was still not expecting the end credit song to be Celebrity Skin. Oh, right. That yeah. was a shock. Um, that you loved. And uh, I mean, I was just kind of like, this doesn't really, because it's also, that's also the end credit song to the JT Leroy movie. Oh. Um, and it makes, it makes, it's such a perfect song choice for that one. Mm-hmm. And this, it makes literally no sense, no sense. at all. Uh-uh. It doesn't tie into a single goddamn thing we just watched.
2: No, it does have good pacing for like... Title card. Oh, sure. Da-da, da-da,
1: da-da. Right. Yeah. yeah. So can't fault them for that. Uh, so, yeah, the 90s stuff was cute, although it did, again, remind me of that, like the landline thing where it was like, okay, oh, how yeah. can we it's make the 90s, 90s jokes? Right. Look, they're in a blockbuster. Huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, the, the 90s stuff was kind of, you know, superfluous. It was cute, but it didn't really have anything to do with the story.
2: And the Radio Shack.
1: And the Radio Shack, right. It was definitely like walka waka. <laughs> 90s <laughs> jokes, oh wait. And then watching her walk around in that nine snail shirt.
2: I mean she I, looked like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She did.
1: She looked kind of like original Buffy. She looked like chrissy, chrissy Swanson, Swanson, definitely. Yeah. R.I.P. Luke Perry. Mm, oh oh right. that, Pike. yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, but she did look like a nineties dream in that nine nail shirt. Mm-hmm. Like that, was, that, that, that was a good, that was a look. I feel
2: like that was, it was really good hairstyling to mm. not like you didn't see it coming. And mm-hmm. then it, like when she like took it down, it like fit right. perfectly.
1: Yeah. It was remarkable. Uh, but all that stuff aside, I guess to me, it just didn't, it lacked, um, sort of like what we've come to expect from Marvel movies. Like it didn't feel especially funny. It didn't feel especially exciting. It didn't feel especially fresh um and uh, or especially modern it just kind of felt like very much like another origin story from before the comedy revolution at marvel mm. and, and i get that like you know all those other stories were nor was it like black panther um where it was very serious and you know very serious origin story that achieved like greatness um through its like depth and detail like it was just sort of this middle ground interesting um because yeah I don't I, it's not I don't think it's going to be like being talked about for best picture next year this time the way the Black Panther managed mm. to stay in the conversation um yeah to me it was just a little bit more of a middle road kind of Marvel origin movie
2: you sexist son of a bitch <laughs> <laughs> so I think the comparison to Black Panther is is interesting because I feel like but now learning what Black Panther won at the Academy Awards right. I feel like it, the the zeitgeist made sense about why I would go into into consideration, but that it won for exactly what it should have won, and and it blows this movie out of the water in terms of like spectacle and beauty and design and like all Mm -hmm. the the, like even like the gadgets and the costumes and the way they were dressed when they were fighting and um the way they they dressed michael b jordan as like a civilian it's it's everything was so fresh and cool and original Mm and and had like one foot in the future and like one foot in the past and that was super rad and this movie lacks that right it's like oh she looks like christy swanson right Uh, okay i'll take it um however i think where this movie uh does a better job than Black Panther is Black Panther had set up this idea of like right and wrong being fuzzy and like you know who who are you protecting are you being uh, selfish or are you helping people and you could understand the, the points of view of the different characters but it didn't resolve itself very well hmm. we felt like nobody really learned a lesson necessarily in this one I feel like it hit on some good points around you know like her being told that she's too emotional as a human i think you know it's like a really great reflection of of you know um, like the gender divide of being mm-hmm. told you're too emotional right and then at the end that like working and working in her favor and end up being right. ends up being uh something that people are humans are looked at um when his friend is his name colton um, the other agent of Shield.
1: Oh, oh, right. Yeah, decides that
2: to take some different action Coulson. because he fo- Coulson follows his gut as a human. It's like celebrated as like what, what she had been told to not be. Right. Um, and then yeah. the whole story with the Cree and the scroll around, uh, you know, like refugees and your, you know, uh, uh, ideas of people based on your perspective and how your perspective changes and mm-hmm. this, the narrative, the narrative that you're told may not be correct all the time. I feel like that was made more sense and like ended up working out better than it did in black panther
1: right i forgot that there's like yeah there's the switcheroo where Mm -hmm. you know we realize that like this this you know this this community is like being an okie doke okie doke yeah this community that is being othered into villainy is really you know sort of being othered to be scapegoated Mm -hmm. um and uh, so it had resonance in that way i forgot about the whole like emotional thing and i guess it's obviously it's not a one-to-one because it's it's you know it's probably it's much more um you know from a storytelling perspective to tell a parable about the black experience like obviously you can you know you make it about origins you make it about africa um it's much probably much uh, thornier to try to tell like the overarching female experience Mm -hmm. um so and so it doesn't you know try because that would be impossible and so it just tries to sort of zero in on on a particular facet of the female Mm -hmm. experience um especially for female leadership Mm. Um mm-hmm. to you know, the way that emotion is used to accuse women of, you know, to undermine their authority and their credibility. Ugh. So still with her. Right. <laughs> still with her. Absolutely. <laughs> she has no emotion. She's fine. <laughs> um so, I mean ideally
2: there'd be a movie where it has like, you know, the follow through of the of the themes uh of this movie and then the, the grandeur and the spectacle of, of Black Panther. And mm-hmm. I also feel like and I don't know, this might be wild and I might be out of out of place here, but I feel like if if you're following the movies, your tone right now need might not be the most playful. Like this might not be the right time for a new Guardians of the Galaxy because you're coming off of um, that last Avengers movie, like mm-hmm. shook right? right. You don't know what's happening, so it's not maybe not the right time for uh, a
1: raccoon flick. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I think that's 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 fair. Uh, I mean, they did have. Um, the last Ant Man movie did come out after mm. um, Infinity War. Did you see that? Yeah, and it was cute. They were they were still cute, but the funny thing is they wait until the end credit sequence to tie into Infinity War, and when they do, it's a fucking gut punch. Oh, I haven't Holy watched any shit. of those Ant Mans. should I? Oh well They're they're fun. They're like good. Like yeah, they're like plane movies. Okay. They're like the airplane movies of the of the MCU. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, and then and then of course you know we had the Spider Man into the Spider Verse did you you, wait you do see that with me spider-man to the spider-verse the animated one no well you gotta see that is that part of the whole thing well i mean it's you know it's it's a it's a spider-man movie it's a marvel so it's 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 part of it's part of marvel so it doesn't really tie into story-wise as much Mm -hmm. um it's just sort of like this really sort of jazzy riff on the whole thing Ooh, you love a jazzy riff wear my pork pie hat so.
2: <laughs> this is the other trigger for our argument That forked
0: my hat, take it off Everyone oh, so, knows So help
1: me, I'm gonna spit in your face <laughs> uh, So anyway, um, all that aside um, Yeah, I, I have my issues with the movie But I, I'm, you know, happy it exists And I'm thrilled that it's doing so well And, um, you know, I wouldn't say that I would ever be excited to watch it again I don't think it has much rewatch value I think it's like, it's a as a stepping stone so that Captain Marvel can be in Endgame and kick ass and take names. And then ideally, you know, now that they've gone to the trouble of like spelling out her origin story in this kind of non-linear way, that's done. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. And now she can just jump in and have fun. And, you know, and uh, I look forward to seeing what the character um, brings us because I think Brie Larson signed some like insane contract, like some like. Scientology level contract with, with Marvel. Uh, so, uh, so the question. Yeah. Q
2: Q. Um, having just watched the first Avengers, how come they didn't call her when everything was falling apart that time?
1: That's a fair question. I mean, you know, like them. You know, I didn't know that that was an option while I was watching it. But so. Nick Fury did. <laughs> Nick Fury did. Well, you know, I guess he didn't want to bother her. Well, she said like. Wait until you really need mm. it, um, and so he waited until she really needed it because he was like, "Oh, they got this. The Avengers got this." Mm. It wasn't until you know it was in those those final those final moments where it says like frantically trying to press the button as uh, a humanity is disappearing. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. I see
2: why now. Also, thinking about it now, um, why when one of the characters in in Captain Marvel gets shot, everyone was like so emotional about
1: it, and oh, I was like, mm-hmm. what? Right. I mean it's a bummer, but right. like, so what? Who cares? Who cares? Right. You want to enjoy Bay And the cat. Him. And the cat. We barely uh oh, we can't not talk about the cat. Um what a treat. Goose. goose. <laughs> <laughs> Star of the show.
2: Oh my god. What a what a fine cat. <laughs> you... What a fine cat. Good boy. <laughs> <laughs> ten out of ten.
1: <laughs> Binge it on goose. Oh yeah.
2: Um okay, on the count of three, we're gonna give our rating. Yeah. One, two.
1: Three. Consume binge in moderation.
2: It. Well, there we go. Okay. <laughs> no more needs to be said about that. <laughs> the second movie we're looking at doing Captain Marvel again because we disagreed, and until we get it right, we're going to do it again. <laughs> in the meantime, it's rated PG-13 for sequences of sci-fi violence and action and brief suggestive language. Our next movie is Gloria Bell, our pick of the week. Of course, it is. A free-spirited divorcee spends her nights on the dance floor joyfully letting loose at clubs around Los Angeles. She soon finds herself thrust into an unexpected new romance, filled with the joys of budding love and the complications of dating. I think this is like one of those moments where I just like sit back and watch you do your thing. This is an all you.
1: I mean, of course it was a Julianne Moore vehicle that brought me out of binge retirement <laughs> <laughs> and back to the airwaves to to preach the gospel of J-Mo uh oh, this movie it's so nice i saw it at tiff twice ding ding, ding dong <laughs> oh my god it was like <clears throat> yeah at tiff last year this was the movie that like made me start liking movies again because i was oh. in, like i was in a bad mood the first like two days of screenings because like everything i saw i was like either okay it's fine or that was terrible um, and li- lately more and more I get to this point where I'm just like do I still Like movies mm. Like you know the thing where suddenly you've like You've like done a thing for too long or you've Watched a thing for too long or spent too much of your time And energy on it and you're just like I hate this
2: Yeah yeah
1: um, And Podcasts uh, yeah, Doing
2: them listening
0: to them <laughs>
1: Friendships <laughs> really mm-hmm. Some things just need to be jettisoned Sometimes, sometimes yeah And uh, But watching Gloria Bell at TIFF I was like it turned me around It turned me around and I was like, hallelujah for this movie. It was that thing. It brought me back to life. It brought me back to enjoying movies. And, um, and then it wound up being the last movie that I watched the festival as well when Scott was in town. Um, so we got to end on the Gloria Bell note. Um, it's just, it's just a really sweet, nice little character study. Um, it is directed by Sebastian Lilio. Uh, Mm. it is a nearly shot for shot, word for word remake of his original movie called Gloria, uh, which starred, uh, Paulina Garcia. Which was in Spanish, um and then I guess what had happened was, um either Julianne approached him or he approached her about being in a an American remake of it or I think, yeah, I think she saw the original and um and was like, I love it so much, so so much, and she went to him and was just like, You know, I would love to be in uh an English language remake of this." But I would only do it if you did it with me. Because mm. um, I want you to still be the one telling the story.
2: But I want to completely erase that other woman. Right,
1: exactly. Let's make it like she never was born. <laughs> um, standard contract. Um, and um, and he was like, yes. And so they did it. So we have now um, this story that has been moved to take place in L.A. The character of Gloria is, uh, is meant to be she's meant to be an unremarkable person. She's meant to be like a background character in other people's lives. And, uh, and so it just kind of zeroes in on telling her story, just picking the sort of like anonymous face from the crowd that maybe worked a little bit more convincingly in the first movie Mm -hmm. because, um, the actress who, uh, Paulina Garcia, who played Gloria in that film was a bit more sort of, um, convincingly middle-aged lady anonymous. Um, and that's part of what made the movie such a joy for people. Um, is like watching this woman, um, you know, go through this arc where she's falling in and out of love. Um, the movie was, it's very like sexual. And so people were really applauding that, you know, a, a woman of age with a real woman's body was doing love scenes and was just being so uninhibited and free and empowered. And um, <clears throat> so, and that was the only like kind of criticism that I heard at TIFF, um, some from people I was there with, they were just like, yeah, it's just like, she's not as sympathetic
0: mm. because she's
1: Julianne Moore, um, right, right? And so you know, like, so yeah, she does nude scenes, but also she still has like the body of a thirty-year-old woman. Um, but and, in
2: Hollywood, that is
1: right. That is considered deathly. Mm-hmm. That's 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 when they stop calling you. It's like, nope, she's officially three o. Shut Done. it down. Shut it down.
2: So it's it's not it's it's more of the fame change and the and the uh, recognizable nature of Julianne Moore that makes it um, that you've heard criticism about not just like any sort
1: of straight up whitewashing. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) no Nobody Uh, cares about that. No, 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 no. Well, you know, I mean, uh. so, yeah. So they move it to L.A. and uh, yeah, Julianne plays a woman named Gloria, who just has a sort of like very average sort of like low level white collar job working in, I believe, car insurance at like some you know anonymous corporate office, um, she has two adult children. One's played by Michael Cera, uh, and he has like a baby, so she's a grandma. And you know she wants to see them more. And then she has a daughter who's dating a surfer, and that makes her nervous because the surfer is you know, an extreme athlete and might get hurt. Um, <laughs> and um, and then she is Gloria is just going out. She this movie gives you a very particular a very particular cinematic thrill, which is watching Julianne Moore do disco dancing in neon lighting. Mm. It gives you a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And like you know whether or not that does it for you. Mm-hmm. Either mm-hmm. just the very thought of it like makes you like feel like pinpricks of joy all over your body or you're just like don't care. Um, so I'm of course the former. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and and so and it's at these uh, There's a lot of things that take place in these, I guess, these like dance clubs uh, around L.A. where it is a somewhat, you know, more middle-aged clientele. And uh, and it's there that she meets John Turturro's character. Mm. And so they have this sort of up and down relationship. And, uh, you know, it's very much a really, it's like a quiet, gentle, tender slice of life movie. And, um, you know, that's just about an average middle-aged woman who is just trying to stake joy for herself and just trying to be like so kids around the nest she's unmarried uh she has an ex-husband who's played by brad garrett huh. which is surprising <laughs> um and uh which when i went to the premiere at tiff they were all there and brad garrett was basically just like i know guys i'm surprised i'm in it too <laughs> <laughs> he was like a year a year before now uh, rather than standing here on stage at the Toronto Film Festival, I was recording the voice of a donkey for an animated film. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Which is what he was born to
1: do. Right, exactly. Like, don't give, don't quit your day job, Brad Garrett, just now that you have a prestige movie no. under your belt.
2: What did you, it sounds a little bit like you're, uh, you're talking about the meddler.
1: Um, you know, it's a little bit like the meddler, uh, in that, yeah, it does focus on, um, yeah, on a, on a, on a single woman with adult children who is in LA um who is just kind of but you know in the meddler Susan Sarandon's character was 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 a probably was meant to have a good like 15 10 15 years on on Julian's mm-hmm. character mm-hmm. Um and uh, and B had moved there to be with her daughter after her husband died.
2: Right, right. There was more of the um... right.
1: So it's like the fish out of water thing going mm-hmm. on in the Meddler, and and then you know the daughter is is selfish and wrapped up in her own stuff, and and you know so the moms just kind of cut loose to explore and, and get into misadventures. Um, yeah, Gloria Bell, I would say, is a bit more. It's a bit more naturalistic than the Meddler. Mm. Um, and uh, and it's a bit... You know, when I say. When I say it's less sitcommy, I don't mean that as in any way as a diss against the meddler, um, but it just yeah, it's just more naturalistic, and um, and it just it just at the end of the day, it is a pure just just into your vein showcase for Julianne Moore. Um, it is such 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 a gift from the movie gods uh, to anyone who enjoys her. <laughs> I mean, she is on screen for like every single second of this movie. Um, she's never not there she carries the whole thing with such grace and such nuance and such restraint Um, and uh, you know at the end of the movie it it ends on this this moment that will live in Julianne more eternity um, it just, Sebastian Lelio is a huge fan of hers and he does right by her in this movie.
2: At the last scene, she goes to pick up some prescriptions at the pharmacy.
1: Mm-hmm. Nice. And I was like, here we go. <laughs> motherfucker.
0: Motherfucker.
1: So, uh, yeah. I mean, it's, and it also even has like, there's these actresses in it who are sort of underutilized character actresses like Rita Wilson mm. and Jean Triplehorn, um, who just like pop up here and there in the movie. Uh, so the, yeah, the casting is surprising across the board. Uh, and yeah, it's just a really sweet, gentle character study. You know, there's some funny parts, there's some sad parts. Um, and you, and it ultimately it's feel good, but not in any way, uh, sentimental. And I feel that's, like
2: that's exactly how it's marketed. I feel well, like everything you doing, said you can get from the movie poster.
1: They're doing it Well, it's 824. They know they're fucking uh, marketing. Yeah. They know they're mm-hmm. marketing.
2: It, it's it's per, it's exactly what it's exactly what you're saying well good um so on the count of three say what you're gonna <laughs> say what you're gonna give it
1: send it back uh yeah this is a binge it this is definitely my favorite movie of the year so far granted oh. i have not seen many um but you know and i didn't actually see it this year i saw it last year um but mm. i'm so glad that everyone else gets to see it too um because it was on my top 10 list coming out of tiff and uh and I was wondering, like, I was a little surprised when I heard that A twenty four was going to do a spring release for it, because I was like, this mm. could have possibly gotten her into the conversation for Best Actress. Um, but Best too Actress, as we, as we all know, was was uh, was too toxic last year. So now, <laughs> uh, so and now, maybe, maybe, maybe she'll stick around. This is definitely that kind of movie that could get her in there just in the strength of her performance.
2: Uh, Gloria Bell is rated R for sexuality, nudity, language, and some drug use. We're at the last movie, Jason? Yes, and it's the Gospel of Eureka. It is. Love, faith, and civil rights collide in Eureka Springs, Arkansas, as evangelical Christians and drag queens step into the spotlight to dismantle stereotypes. Once again, I feel like we're stepping right into your areas of expertise. (laughs) Evangelical Christians and drag queens. You gotta
1: stop letting me pick the movies. I
2: really do. There was a cat documentary we didn't watch this week. I gotta start. I gotta get a vote. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Is this movie only about middle-aged white men that are over six feet tall? No, I'm not watching it.
1: <laughs> you, oh, me, oh, me. <laughs> you know we have a few of my preoccupations playing out in our uh, films this week. Mm-hmm. I don't deny it.
2: What? Wow, this movie. Um, I, I sad. I didn't get a chance to see it. I didn't get a, get a chance to see it, I mean, I forgot <laughs> to watch it. <laughs>
1: You did have a screener link for it. (laughs) Uh, I sure
2: did. uh huh. And I did not engage with that link. Well, you still have
1: it if you want to watch it. Uh,
2: So let me just watch it over here and then you tell everybody when you thought about it. Cool. Cool. Uh,
1: So, yeah. So what we have here is... uh, (laughs) Isn't it good? No, it's so good. Um, Yeah. What we have here is... um, I'm calling it a documentary is almost mm, not accurate in the sense that when I think documentary, I think more structured than what this movie is. This mm. movie is almost like a... It's like
2: a 311...
1: <laughs> yeah, it's very 311. It's very just sort of like free form. It's more of like a visual essay than anything uh, than anything as structured as a documentary. Um. So, yeah. So, essentially, it kind of has three narrative threads that it at no point attempts to really entwine. Okay. Um. One uh, is about... The uh, this group of people who put on a passion play um, Mm -hmm. at this um, at this huge arena in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. So apparently back in like the 60s, there was this like famous evangelist who was like a nightmare who (laughs) wanted to turn Eureka Springs into like America's first like faith based theme park. And that didn't go anywhere, but he did um, build this big sort of like, there's like this, this giant like white Christ the Redeemer propped up mm. there and it's called like the, the Christ of the Ozarks or something. And then um, and then there's Christ like, is like
2: mm, can we not? <laughs> uh, and
1: we- then there's this huge stadium where they put on this, like this very um, sort of like theatrical passion play production three times a week, um, you know, where they, uh, you know, just go through the whole you know, the story of the passion. Um, Passion of the Christ. We you know the story. Um, if you don't, I'll tell you the good news.
0: <laughs> and
1: uh and then so that's one thread. So we're kind of just like following along with these people who are like the actors and the producers of this of this production. Um uh the other thread, thread two, uh, is this um this middle-aged gay couple uh who own a gay bar in town. Um, because Eureka Springs also has like a surprisingly prominent LGBTQ population for a tiny, tiny Arkansas town. Mm. Um, and, uh, and the third thread is there is a proposition on a, uh, on a, uh, local ballot, um, because, uh, some people had tried to bring some bathroom bill bullshit to town.
0: Ooh. And
1: so there was a proposition about whether to grant, or restrict um civil rights protections to trans people so with all of that you would think okay this is like a powder keg this is going mm-hmm. to go off like oh my gosh all these hot buttons uh all these uh, you know these powerful ideas and, and and communities and values um but it's a very it's a very southern movie uh in the sense uh. it really just kind of sits back and lets all those things coexist And the coexistence is arguably the point of the film um, Mm -hmm. because a lot of the locals are just kind of like, you know, like, I don't really care Uh, or like, (laughs) oh, well, you know, I don't really have. So it's sort of like it wants to surprise you that a lot of these like sort of like white southerners in this Arkansas town that you would assume would believe one thing. You know a bigoted thing are actually don't believe that thing at all and uh you know and that you know bears out in the way this election goes they try to draw a lot of parallels between sort of like the drag show and the passion play uh, because they will, <laughs> they do a fair. lot of intercutting of like the different players putting on their makeup um the passion play people also lip sync their dialogue Mm. um so but it's sort of like you know so yeah it, it, it's they both to, play
2: it, man i feel like a woman
1: mm-hmm, exactly they both collect dollar bills during the production <laughs> um and yeah it's about it's basically enough to get the exact noise you just made but then there's like not much more beyond that you're like oh huh? okay Mm-hmm. Uh, i guess it's all just theater um you know <laughs> just like rupaul says we're all born naked and the rest is drag including passion plays <laughs> um the whole thing is not uh, is narrated by um by the great trans cabaret performer Justin Vivian Bond, mm. uh, who I adore. um, although the hilarious like her voice, just kind of isolated as a voiceover over this movie, is kind of hysterical because she her voice is so like she has so much personality to her voice, so it's definitely mm. not like, Um, And her voice by itself, without looking at her, it kind of sounds a little bit like Cleveland on Family Guy. (laughs) She's like, well, and so then the next thing that happened was, (laughs) and then they all showed up for the passion play. Because, like, she's a Southern girl, and she really leans back into her accent uh, 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 while she's doing this voiceover.
2: I was picturing more of a honey badger type situation. Oh, yeah,
1: no, if only, (laughs) if only. Yeah, no, she just has, yeah, she just has, like, this very uh, puckish Mm-hmm. kind of you know narration uh and it's it's a little distracting but like if you're watching the movie then you're probably a fan of justin vivian bond so you're just happy to hear her voice um and uh yeah so i mean the whole thing is kind of like i i love stories about small town gay life in general mm-hmm. um and i love stories about the intersection of you know of of queerness and faith and and uh so you would think this would be yeah it just it i should have been the target audience for it but it was it's underwhelming it's It's only seventy-five minutes long, and they do so little with that that seventy-five minutes, Uh, and uh, and yet for seventy-five minutes, it still feels too long. Um, But you know, but it's 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 nice enough. Like it's, I was reading through. It originally premiered at South by last year. And it seems like a lot of the reviews from people who saw it there were, like, really superlative because it just makes you feel good about humanity.
0: Mm, And mm -hmm. so,
1: yeah, so if that's, like, what you need, then you'll walk away from this movie feeling, like, that way. You'll be like, see, at the end of the day, like, people are good. Uh, Um, The lies we tell ourselves. Exactly. And then mm -hmm. those are the more recent reviews. So the reviews Uh. have been coming out now that it's having its theatrical window. Those are the ones that are like, this movie is full of lies (laughs) um, that we want to tell ourselves about how, like, you know, like, You know white rural voters aren't so bad and deep down uh, they're not bigoted uh Mm. and it's all just you know it's just the the loudest people get the most attention and they're the people so the people shouting on tv and on the internet don't represent the average white southern americans gaslighting kind of yeah yeah so yeah and 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 almost every character um is except for like the drag queen no no one's really the only people who really talk on camera are white people And so, you know, so it definitely isn't the most like intersectional movie in terms Mm -hmm. of like, you know, like, well, let's see what the people of color in this small town feel like. And, you know, they have, you know, some of the drag queens are, but they don't really get to talk. They just perform. Um, So, but it's still it it did still make me feel nice feelings while I was watching it. It also throws a massive fucking gut punch at you uh toward the end and then just like back away from it and uh, tells the rest of its story Ooh. and I was very almost teary watching that so yeah it's just kind of it's 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 sort of like a just little it's a really slight little piece of of cultural video essay mm-hmm. um and um so yeah I would say it's like it's worth watching if you have really low expectations, um, you know, it doesn't really try to solve any of this stuff. It just kind of just gently contemplates it. It's more, it's more a contemplation than anything more than that. Gotcha. Yeah. So
2: if you have time for that.
1: Yeah. It's a consume moderation.
2: There it is. Um, The gospel of Eureka is rated. It's unrated, but it probably would be PG 13 for adult themes. And as always ritualistic violence.
1: Oof. I mean the passion play.
2: I mean, that's the gut punch. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Um that's it. We did it. We did it. <laughs> uh, I'm so proud of us. Yay. Um, thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the binge. Mm-hmm. Be sure to subscribe. We're There's so more sorry. coming. <laughs> we
1: plan to keep doing this, There's we swear. There's more
2: coming. Everyone needs a break. Right. Um Jason insists that you subscribe. Mm-hmm. Um and our therapist insists that I let him do it um thank you can you. check us out at the binge.us um jason is on twitter at excess i am at fight Balance. thank you so much for listening
1: bye bye binging on movies with rebecca and jason
0: you made it to the end that's amazing that there goes, goes the binge, binge.